It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, November 16th, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka reported 15 new coronavirus cases over the weekend. That's as of 5 p.m. on Sunday. Six new cases were reported on Friday, six new cases were reported on Saturday, and three new cases were reported on Sunday, according to city data. Ten of the cases are classified as secondary, which means the person had known contact with someone who tested positive. All are Sitka residents, and all are isolating in Sitka. Sitka has 32 active cases, and the city is continuing to operate in the high alert zone. Sitka's cumulative case count is 138. The Sitka School Board has given interim superintendent John Holst high marks for his performance so far this year. The board met in executive session on Wednesday, November 11th to evaluate Holst, who is working under a one-year contract. In a news release, Board President Amy Morrison praised Holst for his unwavering dedication to the district in the midst of a pandemic. It went on to write that his leadership has been instrumental in having our schools open with in-classroom instruction for as long as possible. Holst took over on July 1st for Mary Wegner, who asked to be released from her contract early due to health concerns. Holst had last served as superintendent in Sitka 19 years ago and has been working since then as a consultant in districts across the state, the last five years mentoring new superintendents. A work session to begin the search for a permanent superintendent is scheduled for 6 p.m. Wednesday, November 18th in Harrigan Centennial Hall. A Zoom link for the session will be available on the school district website. It's no secret that many television shows, movies, and video games have a history of inaccurately representing Indigenous communities, if they portray them at all. Realistic depictions of life in rural Alaska are also rare. But a new video game set in southeast Alaska seeks to turn back the tide on that history. KCAW's Erin McKinstry has the story. It's a familiar scene for southeast Alaskans. Two people stand on a small ferry as it cruises down a protected channel between walls of snow-capped peaks and evergreen forests. Suddenly, they hear a noise coming from the water and rush to the edge of the deck. Did you hear that? A whale breaches. Whoa! No place like home. Yeah. What's extraordinary about this scene is not so much the whale or the increasingly rare sighting of a state-operated ferry, but the fact that it's a scene from an Xbox video game called Tell Me Why, which showcases life in a rural Alaskan community with remarkable accuracy. The characters are heading from the fictional town of Fireweed to the also-fantastical Delos Crossing. But that place is loosely based on the real town of Huna, a small, predominantly Clinket community on Chichikov Island. There's even a poster on the ferry advertising a Clinket dance performance sponsored by the Huna Heritage Foundation. I think there's, you know, a movement in a lot of entertainment industries to be more culturally accurate in the representation of their characters. And rather than just have a, a Native American character, you know, which could be so many things. That's Amelia Wilson, the executive director of the Huna Heritage Foundation. She worked with publishers from Xbox and game designers from the French company Don't Nod to make sure the world they built was based in reality. This isn't the first video game to include Indigenous voices. In 2014, the game Never Alone was the first on the market to tell an Indigenous story from a Native perspective. Xbox also worked with Oregon's Nez Pierce tribe on a remake of the game Killer Instinct, which is how Wilson got connected with game designers. 
But this kind of conscious inclusion is still a rarity, she says. It is unique and it is rare. And we are a small remote community. And so it was a really exciting process to be part of something and to see our culture and community represented and reflected in a a mainstream media. Wilson's work included everything from helping them pronounce clinket words to advising game designers to drop a raccoon getting into the garbage scene to finding ways to incorporate clinket values like gift giving, which shows up in this scene. It's a gift, Tyler. You know what gift giving means in clinket culture and what it means to refuse one. Tell Me Why follows twins Allison and Tyler through an intimate journey that explores trans identity, violence, and poverty. It doesn't go as far as giving Native characters starring roles. The twins are white. But two of the main characters are Clinket and were played by Indigenous actors. Because we have very complex characters and, you know, we tell complex stories, we think it is important to have them uh, as authentic as possible. Laurent Guillaume is the game director for Tell Me Why. He says his team wanted to contrast that intimacy with the vast landscapes of Alaska. They were also drawn to the rich cultural history and tight-knit communities in Southeast. And we decided to take a trip to the place because we didn't want to, you know, to represent some kind of fantasy that we had as uh, French people. During their trip to Huna, game designers collected sounds and took pictures, ate traditional foods and met community members. And they connected with local Clinket artists to work on the game, like Gordon Greenwald. You know, initially there were two things. I told them I, I know nothing about video games. Uh, probably the last video game I ever played was Pong back in the 70s, 60s or whenever. And, and the second thing was that he couldn't design pieces that had cultural significance to a specific clan. They didn't have a problem with either stipulation, he says. I took it on as a challenge to see if I could do something culturally sensitive appropriate, but not uh, infringing upon clan or, or any of the oral history that I felt was proprietary uh, information or knowledge. Greenwald and Norwegian Clinket artist Jeff Scaffelstead submitted drawings of art like totem poles, clan houses, and masks to the game's graphic designers, who then converted them to digital format. The process wasn't perfect, Scaffelstead says. Some of the traditional greens and blues ended up altered in the final product, for example. And when the team visited Huna, they didn't always follow proper etiquette. But he was surprised when they were willing to listen. You know, worldwide corporations are not very famous for being sensitive to the cultures that they may use in their games or, you know, miscommunicate stereotypes or whatever, and yet here they were, and they're saying, hey, help us. We, we recognize we don't know anything, and we're open to it. What ultimately convinced him to participate was the opportunity to challenge stereotypes and bring awareness to his community and his people. If, if somehow this improves the world that, that we live in locally here, and it can make things better for those that are not here yet, that is so classically clean get that it was almost we can't turn this down. He says it was a chance to tell the world that despite centuries of attempts to erase their culture and language, they're still here. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Erin McKinstry. The Alaska Food Policy Council has awarded Sitkin Marsh Skeel an Alaska Food Hero Award. Skeel is a co-founder of the successful community-supported fishery Sitka Salmon Shares. 
He and his business were one of three awardees chosen from a pool of 17 nominees. Alaska Food Policy Council board member Diane Peck says they were chosen for making a sustainable impact on Alaska's food system, strengthening the local food system and improving Alaska's health, prosperity and self-reliance. Marsh and the Sitka salmon shares are involved in many activities that advocate for sustainable fishing practices and environmental stewardship, but they're also clearly walking the talk and uh, they're improving the fisheries and food systems in Alaska. Skeel is a second-generation fisherman who grew up fishing out of Sitka and Port Alexander. During his first season trolling on his own boat, he met co-founder of Sitka Salmon Shares, Nick Mink, and decided to buy into the company. It's now one of the largest community-supported fisheries in the country, and Skeel has a lot to do with that. They buy seafood from small fishermen and sell it directly to consumers around the country. Through fishing and building the company, I think we've been able to build something that really I see as really the future for kind of small-scale fishermen across Alaska and potentially other places. Skeel says he's humbled and gratified to receive the award, and he's proud to be a part of a community of food heroes in Sitka and Alaska working to make the food system more sustainable. Two local governments will now recognize Ketchikan's original inhabitants before each public meeting. That's after the local school board voted to join the Ketchikan City Council in reading what's known as a land acknowledgement before getting down to business. Board member Diane Gubatayo brought the proposal forward. We're surrounded so much of our history and culture right here in Ketchikan are part of the indigenous traditions and customs. And I think it's appropriate that we honor that all our schools and where we meet and our community is on traditional native land. Starting next month, the school board will read the following statement before each meeting. Quote, the Board of Education would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional first people of this land, the Tongass Tlingit people. Board member Sonia Scan says the statement is intended to recognize all of Ketchikan's indigenous people. When we acknowledge the people of this land, we're acknowledging all of the people of this land that are the Tlingit, the Haida, and the Simshan people that have traveled this land for thousands and thousands of years. Scan is the Director of Education and Training for Ketchikan's federally recognized tribe. Scan and Gubatayo thanked former Alaska Native Brotherhood Grand President Richard Jackson and Tlingit Elder Willard Jackson for providing guidance in crafting the statement. Board President Kim Hodney said he hoped the move was the start of a lasting tradition. The vote was unanimous. Taking a look at the community calendar... Sitkins are asked to conserve water to reduce possible water pressure decrease as the Water Division is utilizing storage tank water exclusively due to high levels of turbidity in Blue Lake. Blue Lake water will be enabled to enter the system, restoring water pressure and refilling storage tanks once the turbidity levels drop to required levels or when our storage tanks begin to run low. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is morning.